Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode, episode 81 of the Canberra Football Show, reviewing the Fed Cup and Australian Cup qualifying finals. Joining us today, special guest is Russ Gibbs, the man that was commentating both of those finals. Russ, how's it going today? Uh, great job on the weekend, I enjoyed, um, I was able to catch the women's one live anyway, um, and I, I really enjoyed that pre-match coverage you guys did, so well done there. Yeah, thanks very much, we had a lot of fun actually, I enjoyed the pre-match show with Jeremy and I love the fact that the uh, coaches took some time out to come and talk to us. Dean Greenwich apologised he would have come over for the men's, but unfortunately his assistants were either unavailable or suspended. So <laughs> he sent Gabby Wilk in his stead, which was great. And um, it was good to get some insight, wasn't it? Um, we want to build on that hopefully for next year and make it bigger and better again. Um, we'll try and get another mobile camera. I've got visions of us wanting to have a, a quick sticky beak in the changing rooms and stuff like that before kickoff as well, which would be nice. Um, you know, with the shirts hung up on the wall, et cetera, et cetera. No. And maybe, maybe even chat to some of the players um, prior to the warm up or as they're coming out to the warm up just to get their feeling, you know, those kind of things we can build on. But all in all, I think it was a really good day. I enjoyed it. Um, two cracking finals, which we'll uh, pick apart now, I'm sure. We certainly will. And uh, Michael, you'll be picking apart that one. But before that, how's it going? And uh, what'd you make of the, uh, the weekend? Uh, what'd you make of the finals? It was uh, two cracking games. Yeah, they really were. They were two sensational games. You couldn't really ask for much more entertainment across those two matches, uh, to be honest. And, you know, like always, we'll uh, delve into it uh, shortly. But um, nevertheless, it was a great sort of action of, uh, of, of football, even though we uh, only had uh, these two games to dissect, really. Yeah, so the Australian uh, Cup qualifying final was played between Canberra Croatia and Canberra Olympic. It was Canberra Croatia, who came out victorious and sealed their passage to the Oz Cup uh, round of 32. So goals from Greco, Amachobu, Dominici and Barac. And for Olympic, Canberra Olympic, it was Flores and Melik on the score sheet for the visitors. So like I mentioned uh, a moment ago, Talking about both of the matches played, both of them were crackers. But in terms of this one, this one was a entertaining clash to say the to say the least. It was it was absolutely amazing. Um, even the spectacle, just uh, the amount of people that were there as well, cheering both teams on, was was great to see. But in terms of the match in the uh, opening half of uh, of football in this one, you know, Olympic they did create the first big chance in this uh, encounter after uh, Nathan Magic struck the crossbar with a header from a great free kick uh, just before the 20-minute mark. So they had a very good opportunity to take the lead in this game. And Magic found himself in a little bit of space there. Um, he'd probably be kicking himself that he didn't score that one, being uh, relatively close to the goal. It was a pretty thunderous uh, header as well, but it sort of just rocketed off the crossbar and and uh, went away from, from goal. And, you know, from that moment, you know, the hosts, uh, Canberra Olympic, uh, sorry, Canberra Croatia in this instance would make Olympic pay uh, a few minutes later as Greco found a little bit of space uh, between the defenders inside the box to head a home, the opening goal of the game. So it was really good positioning from him to get himself a little pocket of space, get in between the defenders and head the ball into the far corner to make it 1-0 in the Australian Cup qualifying final. And then Ahmed Shobu made it 2-0 to the home side a couple of minutes later um, to keep up their strong uh, start and momentum to this game after some great passing, uh, may I mention, from Canberra, Croatia. 
that saw it capped off with uh, here in the midfield, uh, playing in Shobu with a brilliant uh, chipped through ball over the top of the Olympic defence. Uh, and that was uh, 2-0. Uh, you know, for Canberra Olympic at this stage, you know, I just mentioned they had gone from a really good opportunity to open the scoring to then on the flip side and and the not even that much time go by they're or they're 2-0 down so the mentality sort of has to well the mentality certainly took a hit and they would have to sort of gather themselves and come back but a woeful sort of 10 minute period capped off uh olympic giving away uh, a spot kick that was uh converted uh by dominici so you've got in the instance here you've got three goals in the space of 10 minutes in the first half which was a crucial crucial period of the game for Canberra Croatia and a terrible one for Canberra Olympic and uh, Olympic were thankful that Daniel Barrett shot a couple of minutes later just before the halftime interval hit the outside of the post so they could sort of count their blessings at that moment that it was only 3-0 as you know Barrett was very very close to making it 4-0 uh, only at the halfway stage of this game so obviously a lot for Canberra Olympic to ponder and discuss at the halftime break to sort of bounce back and get a bit of a retaliation going after being 3-0 down at halftime. So Olympic started the second period the only way uh, that they could, which was uh, to get the first goal after the break. There were a nice uh, cutback that was finished off nicely by Flores. So at this stage, you know, they managed to cut the deficit to 3-1 and... I think that was a crucial time for them to score because if Canberra-Croatia had man managed to make it 4-0, then it was only going to make their task even harder to come back in this game. So they cut the deficit to 3-1 in this instance. And then their hunt for a comeback at that time, uh, around about that time, sorry, took a bit of a hit when Magic uh, was uh, shown his marching orders for a second yellow card. So they were uh, put down to... 10 men and you know obviously you know at that moment they would have shot their confidence being 3-1 down then going down to 10 men but you know they kept persisting they kept going uh Canberra Olympic they showed why they've actually been playing really well this season uh particularly in the league and obviously getting to this stage of the Oz Cup uh qualifying final uh as you know, a brilliant corner whipped in from James was headed home by Melik to make it 3-2 in the 85th minute. So it set up a grandstand finish, just what you would have wanted to see as the neutral uh, watching on, whether uh, that was sort of at home on the TV or uh, being there at Deakin Stadium. 3-2 uh, to Canberra, Croatia, with five minutes to go. It's set everything up to be an entertaining finish. But, you know, the what Canberra Croatia managed to do was they put the nail in the coffin uh, and, and that came in stoppage time when Barac managed to make it 4-2 to cap off an amazing victory. Uh, in Like what I said at the top of uh, getting into this matchup, it was an absolutely entertaining encounter between these two teams. 4-2 to Canberra Croatia in this match. You know, they built that healthy and sustainable advantage at the halftime interval second half obviously 
Canberra Olympic made some adjustments to come back in the second half, but ultimately it just wasn't enough as Canberra Croatia got that crucial fourth goal in stoppage time to cement their place in the round of 32 for the Oz Cup. So it, it was an absolutely spectacular game. And, you know, I think Canberra Croatia, they've come under a little bit of scrutiny for uh, the results that have managed to take effect so far during the season in the league particularly. They really came out in this game and put a massive statement out there to not only uh, Canberra Olympic, who, like I mentioned, have had a very positive start to the season, but also the rest of the MPL men's uh, competition as well. So kudos to Canberra Croatia for cementing their place in the Oz Cup round of 32. Russ, what were your thoughts on this match as you obviously were there in person uh, commentating on this match? It was a spectacular game, goals galore, entertainment, had everything, didn't it? Yeah, it was a very good in, encounter, as, as as we all knew it was going to be. It was, I thought, in the first half, it was classic Canberra Croatia, wasn't it? They were, they had a poor start to the season, but we all knew that they were better than their results suggested. We mentioned that not so long ago, and they got three goals in that ten minute spell, and that's what they used to do back in the day, wasn't it? They did take teams apart. Um, the, the, the swings and momentum are things we've talked about many, many, many times in the past. And you mentioned Nathan Medjic's head off the crossbar early on. If that goes in, maybe it's a different football match. But we don't. You won't know. Uh, we never will know. But it was, um, it was really entertaining to watch. Um, some really good goals scored by both sides. Played in a in a feisty um, proper cup final atmosphere, which was great. Loads of people there, as you said. It, I think the crowd was north of about fifteen hundred or so, which was great um, to see people coming out, filled up. Lovely on the far side. It was uh, completely full in the stands opposite the cameras. And you couldn't see it, but either side of us, uh, where we were in the commentary gantry, the, those stands were pretty much half full um, either side, which was great as well. Lots of people enjoying the occasion. Lots of youngsters out as well, which was good to see cheering on their teams. As for the football itself, Croatia deserved the win. I think um, nobody expected them to be 3-0 up at half time. probably least of all them. Um, we knew that Canberra Olympic would come out fighting in the second half. It's pretty obvious. Uh, they did very well to come back into the game and got themselves a sniff. Uh, but in going for that last goal, um, they were picked off with Daniel Balac. Obviously, Seb Yusai was in good form, made some good saves themselves. Got to speak to a few of the players afterwards. The funny thing for me was um, Frank Greco up front. We've been badgering him because he does a lot of the stats for Stats Perform, like Matt did back in the day. Um, he was doing the Stats Perform stuff. So he comes to games and and stuff and he looks at the stats and he does all the all the bits and bobs with and we'd been ripping him. Myself and Frank had had a couple of words with him after his missed header against Gungahlin the other week, uh, where he had a pretty much an open goal and, and missed missed it completely. Uh, I spoke to him before the game and he said to me, I've got a header in me. I can feel it. And then, of course, he comes up and scores the opening goal with a header. It's the first header he's ever scored in his entire career. He did say he wanted to score a header. So he's done that now. And what a time to do it. So he was very pleased. Um, Look, Ahmed Tribu obviously was ecstatic that he's back in Canberra and he's got himself a medal around his neck and a trophy in his hand and a goal under his belt in a cup final. And of course, Stephen Dominici I spoke to as well, who was, uh, he told me that they expected the response from Canberra Olympic. Of course they did, which is why in the second half, they perhaps weren't as fluid as they were in the first and Olympic took it to them. And Paul McCorn side will obviously be really disappointed that they've not um, been able to push Canberra Croatia any further than they did. They've still got um, quite a lot of fish to fry this season. Of course, they're top of the table. They're, they're leading the way in the MPL, but it'll hurt them that they're not on the national stage. 
For Canberra, Croatia, though, it's been a long time since they've been here. I think it was 2018, last time they were at this stage of the competition, having won against Gagarin in that final. And they were knocked out by Hume City, if memory recalls, at Deakin Stadium. So they've got um, revenge in their minds there. They think they can go deep into this competition in the round of 32. They've got a lot of talent to do so. So huge congratulations to Dean and his team. They were the better side on the day. They took their chances when they came and they thoroughly, thoroughly deserved the victory. I was trying to click unmute and we eventually got there. <laughs> uh, Matt, uh, do you want to get into our uh, next matchup? Uh, obviously, like we mentioned, Another entertaining clash. Very good for Canberra football, wasn't it? Oh, it certainly was. The Federation Cup, uh, I thought, was an absolutely outstanding match. This was uh, just before the uh, Oz Cup qualifying final. Uh, it was pretty even, I thought, to begin with. Uh, it, it sort of felt like the beginning of the match uh, last week that Jeremy and I commentated on uh, Belco against um, against Gungal, and that ended with uh, Gunners winning 2-0, um, and Gunners opened the scoring uh, early thanks to Ginger Oliver in the 19th minute. A neat little layoff from Nat DeMarco to Darby Whiteley, who made a darting run down the middle and then provided a great through ball for Oliver to run onto and uh, place it past the keeper. Despite the uh, earliness uh, in this game, uh, you just had to wonder, like I said, like last week, Will it play out similar to last week? Belko had a week to sort of figure out how can they sort of combat that Gangalan defense. And they answered very soon after that goal, which I'm sure is exactly how uh, this coach's staff would have wanted them to. And six minutes later, they equalized. Lisa Carey burst from fullback to run on the end of a big ball uh, uh, from just uh, beyond halfway to put it past Emily Kelly. Belcon used that momentum to their advantage and uh, they took the lead three minutes later. Bessie Reith-Muller uh, held up the ball and laid it off the Pearl team to run onto, neatly dribbled around the keeper and placed it away. Belco at this point had all the momentum and they were on a bit of a rampage after this. They had dangerous chance after dangerous chance. They could have probably had uh, two more here. However, uh, the Gunners keeper, Emily Kelly, Stood up absolutely huge in this one for her team with some superb saves. Uh, Gangalan came out boy, uh, bolting in the second half, though, and scored within the opening 15 seconds. Big ball from the defense over the top, to which Dumas couldn't control um, the ball. And none other than Ginger Oliver pounced and uh, dribbled uh, further up the pitch to place it past the keeper to make it 2-2 for her brace. Uh, pretty even in the middle part of this game. Belko probably had the better of the chances, but Gungalan had some also. Right near the end, there was a huge save once again from Emily Kelly to deny Riley Ewan, I believe it was, with that shot. Uh, and usually, as we say, in the big games, usually get decided by the big players. And it was Belconnen's captain, Talia Backhouse, led by example, scoring the winner literally right at the death. She leapt highest for a corner. Uh, sorry, from a header from a corner in the 95th minute. So right at the death in this one. Absolutely, absolute scenes there from Belconnen as they win their 10th uh, Federation Cup final. Uh, heartbreaking way for Gungahlin to lose this one, especially after overcoming that Belconnen momentum late in that first half. If anyone just saw that, they would have thought uh, Gungahlin have some work to do, but they did great to get back into this game. And we mentioned, uh, yeah, like I said, we mentioned midweek, how are Belko sort of going to 
overcome what Gangala had defensively. And to be fair, in this game, they did just that. And just looking at it as well, to come back from two finals that they didn't win last year in the Fed Cup final against Olympic and the grand final against Olympic, uh, to lead into this one and win their and win uh, after three finals in a row to win their first, uh, huge for Bell Cotton. He, uh, the, this uh, squad has come quite some way, uh, Russ, uh, to win their 10th Federation Cup final. What did you make of the game? And of course, as well, no shame in Gungal and uh, losing this one. They were right in it until the end, especially after overcoming that tough period right at the end of that first half. Yeah, the game could have been done, couldn't it, by halftime with a bit more care in the final third from from Belcon and United. They were excellent in that final third. And Pearl Team, um, she was outstanding, really close. She, um, No doubt, in my mind, she would have been player of the match if it wasn't for the outstanding Emily Kelly, who kept her team in it with just some unbelievable saves. And Belcon and United showed some real resilience and character when they went 1-0 down. The mind might have gone back to last year. It may have gone back to the 2-0 defeat the week before, um, but they kept their call. And as you mentioned, the most unlikely of goal scorers, really. Lisa Kerry used to be a striker back in the day, showed their forwards how it was done, well, didn't she, with a wonderful finish into the bottom corner um, off that build-up. But yeah, Pill Team was the difference for me in that first half. They could have had any number of goals if, if they'd had a bit more care in that final third. And you wondered how Garland United would respond. And, well, didn't they respond well? 15 seconds into that second half, Ginger Oliver, who for me has been one of the finds of the season. She's been absolutely outstanding. She was great at the Wanderers last year, but she's taken her game to a new level again this year. Her composure in front of goal, her finishing is, is top draw. Um, but what a conclusion. Um, it was a very even contest. It's what you want. And how, how lucky have we been this year in so many games that we've seen is, is that 95th minute winners, 94th minute winners, Goals in stoppage time to decide games. It's been an absolute theme of our season. And, well, as I said in commentary, I think it was the captain's moment, wasn't it? And the captain's goal, she's led by example. There's not many better headers of a ball in women's football than Talia Backhouse. And that finish was was out of the top drawer. The delivery, though, from the corner itself was, was spot on. Scott Connor's team, we mentioned last year that they had to... They lost a couple finals. You have to lose some sometimes to win some. And I could tell beforehand with, with Jeremy, we walked the pitch um, before we did our pre-match show and and we happened to wander across towards the Belconnen area where the girls were, were warming up. And I spoke to Steffi Legends and um, Pearl Teen herself and Ella Palfreman, who was there too. We had a bit of a chat and they were all very relaxed and kicking the ball around in what was at that time beautiful sunshine. It was so hot at that stage. It was like it was a grand final weekend rather than a cup final weekend. They were super relaxed um, playing some keepy-uppies and chatting to each other, flicking through the match programmes. Gagalin United at this stage were in the changing room, obviously doing whatever they were doing in the changing room with Andrew Woodman. But you could tell the difference between a side that had been there um, and had experienced the occasion and one that perhaps had come very much like Belconnen last year, maybe a year too soon for them. You look at that Gunners outfit, though, and you think, wow, what have they achieved over the last six weeks or so in terms of getting to the final, putting their name out there, their first Fed Cup final since, I think, 2015, I think I said. Um, the quality of the footballers that they've got, the quality of the players that they can now bring off the bench and make a difference, and maybe just the addition of Michelle Heyman into that group as well makes them genuine title contenders. They've shown throughout this year so far that they're they're not far off. And they may now just be on the same path that Scotty Conlon's team were on last year. This might be the one they have to lose 
to get back there and win it again because there's far too much quality in that. In the end, it was two great sides giving us a really open game of football. Now, from a coaching perspective, perhaps it wasn't ideal um, watching you know, the entire teams charge up this end to, to get into attacks and try and support and charge up the other end in transition. It was all played. I spoke to Kenny Woodman about this today in the office. It was all played in transition. It was it was a bit balmy for, from a, a point of view of a, of a coach who might want something a little bit more controlled from his teams. But didn't it make it wonderful from a, from a neutral perspective to watch it that kind of final? Usually they're really cagey finals and we got two that were far from it. And let's hope it continues. Just want to make a note, though, as well, about the NPL match we watched on Friday night um, at the Riverside, which ended 6-4 um, between Tigers and Gungala. And that was absolutely madcap and bonkers as well. So we've had three matches over the course of the weekend that, from a neutral perspective, just makes you smile and happy to be part of uh, the NPL scene and the cup scene in Canberra. Yeah, and again, congratulations to Belconnor United on winning their 10th Federation Cup. Uh, Russ, thanks so much for joining us for... Uh... Uh, for breaking those matches down. You're a busy man, so we'll let you go. But any last words before you head off? Yeah, looking forward to it again. Another busy week of football this mm. week. Um, I've got four matches this weekend, which is lovely. <laughs> Keep us busy. Friday night, uh, Anthony Jagorinich will be with me for Tuggerong United against uh, Canberra Olympic at Canberra 2. Saturday, I've got Canberra Croatia versus Tigers at the AIS. Uh, Frank Keisha will be with me at the Riverside at 5.45 as Monero play West Canberra Wanderers. And then on Sunday afternoon... Um, Frank will be with me again as we do Canberra Olympic versus Gungahlin United um, at O'Connor Enclosed. So that's going to be really good. That game has been shifted um, from uh, Saturday's seven o'clock slots to Sunday afternoon at three, which is probably a bit more palatable for everybody involved. Um, and now it's at O'Connor Enclosed again. So really looking forward to those games. And as usual, guys, thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to chatting more MPL with you a bit later in the year and uh, keep up the good work with which both of you are doing and and especially Madura on that Instagram account, Michael. Now on to the MPL round nine fixtures, Matt. Kicking things off, we've got Tigers FC up against Canberra Croatia. Fresh off their round of 32 qualification to the Oz Cup. That will be played Saturday, June 10, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2. You've then got O'Connor Knights up against Tuggeranong United Saturday, June 10, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. Followed that by Monaro Panthers at the Riverside against West Canberra Wanderers Saturday, June 10 at 5.45pm, which is a match that Russ will be commentating on, as he mentioned, with Frank Keisha. And then lastly, we have Canberra Olympic up against Gungahlin United, Sunday, June 11th, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. Matt, some cracking fixtures there, obviously. Um, what are your thoughts on those before we jump ahead to the MPLW fixtures? Yeah, some intriguing ones, especially ones that really matter at the top of the table, right? Uh, Canberra Croatia beaming off that off that, off that uh, final win and um, it's probably perfect momentum to head into a side like Tigers who are, you know, Top of the table at the or tied top of the table with uh, O'Connor uh, with uh, Olympic in the moment, and then obviously another another one that really catches my eye is Olympic and Gunners because Gunners currently in the top four, uh, Olympic currently tied top uh, after that midweek with Tigers, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in those. Uh, next up, 
MPLW for next uh, for this weekend is Tuvron United against Canberra Olympic, like Russ said. Friday, June 9, 7.30 p.m. at Canberra 201. Next up, we've got Canberra Croatia, Belcon United, huge one. Sunday, June 11, 2.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. I believe uh, Jeremy will be commentating that one. And then they've got Gangali United against ANU WFC. Uh, Sunday, June 11, 3 p.m. at Gangalani closed. Then West Canberra Wanderers against the CUA, Sunday, June 11, 3 p.m. at Melrose. Synthetic. Some big ones there, Michael. Um, any thoughts before we head to the CPL? I mean, obviously, the one that stands out in my eyes, and I'm sure many people's eyes, is that Canberra Croatia versus Belcon United match. Particularly interested to sort of see how Belcon United go into that game fresh off the confidence of claiming the uh, Federation Cup over Gungahlin United this past weekend. So that's going to be an entertaining match. But obviously all the other games will be really good as well. So it'd be interesting to sort of see what results will mean for each club in terms of the context of the table as well, Matt, which we'll break down on the next episode. But lastly, we'll get into the CPL round nine fixtures, kick things off with Wagga City Wanderers up against ANU. FC Saturday, June 10th, 2.15 at Gissing Oval. Then got Belcon United up against Canberra Juventus at McKellar Park, Saturday, June 10 at 3 p.m. Brindabella Blues will take on Canberra White Eagles, Saturday, June 10, 3 p.m. at Corwell 201. And lastly, we have a cracking matchup between Yulgali up against Queanbeyan City, Sunday, June 11, 2 p.m. at Solomad Stadium. Very interested to see how that match goes in terms of the upper end of the CPL table. Yeah, some absolutely cracking ones there. And that upper end of the CPL table is so close at the moment. And uh, it's really on a nice edge. That tit-for-tat race does continue. Michael, that's it for us this week. Bit of a shorter show due to the two finals, but... What a weekend of football we had. And uh, any last words before we head off? It really was an entertaining weekend. And, you know, like Russ mentioned as well, the other match that took place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, a 6-4 scoreline is unbelievable. So, I mean, there were still plenty of goals being scored, you know, despite the restricted amount of games that we're normally used to. So, great weekend nevertheless. And we sort of go back into the normal uh, schedule across the three competitions this weekend. I'm looking forward to breaking it all down next time on the show. Yeah, like you said, not great for the uh, for the coaches' stress levels, but very good for the neutrals yes. to watch. Yeah. That was us with episode 81 of the Canberra Football Show. We'll be back with everything round nine next week. Have a great weekend, everybody, and as always, enjoy the football.